We're starting a series of messages called introductions. Introductions are so important. When you're meeting someone for the first time, man, that introductory moment is just huge. It was a shampoo commercial years ago that taught us you never get a second chance to make a first impression. And so that first impression so often hinges upon the introductions that we make. And, and I don't know if you've ever thought about it, but our introduction so often really comes down to the language that we use. So uh, as I mentioned, Donna and I just got back uh, from a vacation. It was a vacation of a lifetime. We've been dreaming of it for years and years and years. We got to go to Western Europe and we uh, had a week in Paris and then we took and went all through uh, Italy and made several stops in Italy. And it was just an amazing trip. I want to confirm for everybody, those pictures that I've been posting on social media are real. I wasn't living the CGI life. I think now, in hindsight, it was probably a dumb idea to do a series called The CGI Life right before you take that kind of trip and start posting those kind of pictures. But that was really the Eiffel Tower. Uh, that was really the Roman Colosseum, all of that. We were there. We saw it all. We enjoyed it all. It was just amazing. In preparation for the trip, we thought we would learn some of the two languages, French and Italian, so that we could interact with people and kind of make an introduction, you know, as we're approaching them. And, uh, and so we worked on it. I thought I would practice on you today. Is that okay? Cause I know I got French speaking people here. So let me just real quickly kind of, we just did some, you know, just some simple little kind of introductory type statements that you can make. So like in, in French, and I know I'm going to be judged here. I've got people that speak so fluent. And so here we go, but here we go. So we would say, bonjour. We would say, excusez-moi, s'il vous plaît. And then we would tell them, um, we would say, uh, je ne Parle français, uh, parlez-vous anglais? How did I do? How did I, pretty good, pretty good. So, so, so the French, about half of them loved it. They ate it up. I mean, the Americans at least trying, you know, is, is the way it came across and they really appreciated it and kind of uh, tried to get us to do more. And then the other 50% of the French immediately cut us off in their much more superior English to let us know, what is it that you want? You got to love the French, right? I mean, the French, what is it that you want? You know, got to love them. You got to love them. You got to love them. But um, introductions so often really do come down to language, you know? I want to kick this series of messages called Introductions Off by telling you something that I hope you already know, but I really want you to get your heart around. And that is God wants you to know him. I mean, God wants you to know him. I don't know if you've ever thought about it this way, but the Bible is really God's introduction of himself to us. It's him saying, hey, here's who I am. Get to know me in the Old Testament. We get to know him as a judge of all the world. We get to know him as one that we're going to stand before one day and we're gonna answer for our sin. We see God as a judge, but then we go to the New Testament and we get another introduction. We get the introduction to a God of love who is so crazy about us that he actually paid the price for our sins himself, that he bore our judgment on himself so that we could be pardoned and we could be made right in his sight. God is a God of love. And he introduces himself to us through the language of love. 
I got a message for everyone online, a message for everyone here today. God loves you. He loves you and he wants you to know him. He genuinely wants you to know him. Listen to 1 John chapter 5, verse 20. We know that the Son of God has come and he's given us understanding so that we can know the true God. And now we live in fellowship with the true God because we live in fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ. He's the only true God and he is eternal life. Sometimes I'll, I'll hear religious-minded people make a claim that really bugs me. And you may have heard people use this kind of terminology. You may have used it yourself, but I believe it is a huge misnomer. I'll hear people make a claim, something along these lines. Well, you know, um, some time ago, maybe a few years ago, I realized that my life was going nowhere and I knew that I needed a change. And so I'm so thankful today to be able to report to you that I found the Lord. Anybody ever heard someone say something like that? I found the Lord. I just wanted to put you on alert to today, God wasn't the one that was lost. We were, and we didn't find God. God found us. In fact, the reason why it's so important for us to really wrap our heart around that concept is because in our lostness, he went looking for us. He went looking to make introductions. He, he sought us out. He, he, he came after us in a search and rescue mission to reach one who was lost. I, I love so much. I love this, uh, this thing about God that John chapter 14 introduces to us. It's a passage where Jesus is using the analogy of sheep and shepherd and, 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 and says that the good shepherd actually leaves the 99 sheep to go look for the one wayward sheep, the one lost sheep, the one sheep that needs to be rescued. Aren't you thankful? Aren't you glad that God wasn't satisfied just to hang out with the 99 for all eternity, but he came looking for you and for me when we were lost and undone. He searched for us and he found us. Somebody out in this room ought to be thanking God that he introduced himself to us. I'm so thankful for that. Let me just say to you today that knowing Jesus is the key to knowing God. God wants you to know him and knowing Jesus is the key to knowing God. The God that created you can only be known through the knowledge of his son, Jesus Christ. And here's why I say that, because Jesus is God. Do you get that? Listen, this is the central, most important truth within the gospel. Jesus is God. Look at me. Jesus isn't God-like. He's not a great representative of God. He's not God Jr. He is God, one with the Father. He was there in the beginning, always has been, without beginning, without end. Jesus is God. Now, when I get ready to introduce myself to people, I typically will tell them a little bit about myself. I'll let them know I've been married to the same beautiful woman for 38 years. And I'll let them know that me and that beautiful woman have two incredible grown children. 
um, a, a boy and a girl that our, our daughter, our oldest child, married an incredible young man from Georgia. Can you believe an incredible young man from Georgia? She married this great guy, and they've given us our first grandbaby. So not only am I a husband, not only am I a father, but I'm a grandfather to this incredible little guy. And then I, I'll tell them I'm a Christ follower, a follower of Jesus. I'll tell them that I'm a pastor, that I, I pastor the most incredible people on planet Earth. I'll let them know that. I'll let them know that I live in a great state called Louisiana down in the bayou country of Acadiana. And uh, sometimes I'll even let them know that I love to play golf and I love to ride horses and I love to snow ski. I like to tell them a little bit about myself within the introduction. Can I tell you that God did the same? Can I tell you that when God got ready to introduce himself to humanity, he let us know who he is. He introduced himself as the great I am. In his introduction, he wanted you to know that he's the great I am. Now, if you're new to the Bible, if you're new to all this terminology, you may be sitting there thinking to yourself, the, I am what? The great I am what? <laughs> what? Whatever you need. God let you know in his introduction that he is whatever you need. Folks, that's the language of love. In his introduction, he spoke the language of love. Now, what I've referenced is an Old Testament truth that God introduced himself as the great I am. But let's go to the New Testament because there are a number of I am introductions in the New Testament as well. Jesus, as God, introduces himself Similarly, he said, I am the way, the truth, the life. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. And in John's gospel, chapter 10 and verse nine, here's what Jesus said. He said, I am the door. Everybody say the door. Jesus said, I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved and will come in and out and find pasture. Now he's using, once again, this analogy of sheep and shepherd. And when he speaks of a pasture, what I believe he's speaking of is his provision for our life. He's speaking of our sustenance. He's speaking uh, of his blessing. And he said, I'm the door to it all. I'm the door to everything that God has promised humanity. Jesus said, I'm the door to that. So what I want to do in the time that we have remaining is I want to look at this central truth of the gospel that Jesus, the great I am, is the door. And I want to, I want to look at what that means. I want to unpack that with you. What, what does it really mean? What do we need to know about Christ as the door? First of all, we need to know He's the only way in. This door is the only way in. He's the only way into fellowship with the God that created us. He's the only way into a saving experience that redeems us and makes us right with God and gives us the promise of eternal life. He's the only way in. And I know that there are those maybe watching online or, or even here today, sitting here listening to me, and you might feel like, Jeff, that's very narrow-minded. How could you say that? When there's so many religions around the world and there's so many wonderful people practicing those different forms of religion, Jeff, how could you stand there on that stage and say that Jesus is the only way? You need to know something today. It's not my claim. It's not the crossroads claim. It's the claim of Jesus Christ. And then he validated the claim by rising from the dead. It's his claim. 
In fact, he makes the claim in John's gospel, chapter 14. In verse six, he said, I'm the way, I'm the truth and the life and no one can come to the father except through me. Sometimes I, um, I hear people uh, make statements that are very religious sounding, but they just aggravate the daylights out of me. And you may have heard someone say this, or you may have even mistakenly said this yourself, but people will say, excuse me, dumb things like this. They'll say, hey, when God closes a door, just look for a window. Really? Really? Can I just say to you today, if God closed the door, he had a reason for closing the door. And you don't need to be looking for a window. In fact, if you go back, if you go back to John chapter 10, where Jesus introduces himself to us as the door, if you read on, you'll see that he says, I'm the way in. And those that try to get in some other way are thieves, robbers. If you're here today and God closed the door and yet you're still trying to find whatever it is that you're looking for in life by going to some window or knocking on some other door, God said you're a robber, you're a thief and you need to stop knocking on those doors. Everything you need, you're gonna find through one door and that door is Jesus Christ. Through one door. Can I tell you that those quote unquote windows or all those other doors, they only lead to pride. They only lead to disillusionment. They only lead to confusion, to addiction, to greed, to selfishness, to loss. Come on, I'm not the only one that went through some wrong doors. You know where that led to. Why are we knocking on these other doors when they just lead to such frustration within our life? Jesus said, I'm the door. The pasture you want to live in can only be discovered by going through me. That's the claim of Jesus Christ. One of my favorite uh, comedians, he does observational comedy and I love observational comedy. His name's Brian Regan and and he has a, a bit where he talks about how when children accomplish something early in life. They love to point it out and tell their parents or their grandparents, I did it all by myself. Come on, your kid ever tell you that? Your grandchild ever told you that? I did it all by myself. He said, let that guy, let that kid fast forward several decades into adulthood and then you'll find him singing all by myself. Don't wanna be. He said, what happened there, man? What happened there? I'll tell you what happened. They tried to go through the wrong doors. They tried to go through doors that only lead to such dysfunction and disillusionment. Jesus is the door. Let me make a second observation with you today about the door. And that is a relationship with Christ is the passage to all that God has promised us. A relationship with Jesus is the passage to everything that God has promised us in Revelation chapter 3 verse 8. Jesus said to the churches, he said, I know what you've done. See, he said, I've opened a door in front of you that no one can shut. Somebody ought to be thanking God right now. He said, I've set before you an open door that no one can shut. He said, you only have a little strength, but you've paid, he said, you've paid attention to my word and you've not denied my name. So I've set before you an open door that no one can shut. We are always, always, always asking God for open doors, aren't we? 
we're, we're always, we, we need a new job. And so we got, oh God, God, open a door, Lord, to a new job. We need a promotion on the job we have. And we say, oh God, would you open the door, Lord, to a great promotion? We're lonely. We need a relationship. And we say, oh Lord, just open the door, Lord, to some meaningful relationship. We're always looking for a door to open. Well, look at me. Jesus is the door. You'll need another door. He is the door to everything that God has promised us. He's the door to everything that we need. Can somebody say thank God? You guys, um, you guys ever saw the movie Monsters, Inc.? I love Pixar movies. I, I got to be honest with you, like Toy Story and The Incredibles. I, I got to tell I think Pixar people are the greatest storytellers in, in the world today. I really, I know this stuff is marketed for children. It's probably why I like it. Um, but I love their movies and I loved Monsters, Inc. I don't know if you saw, I don't have time to explain the whole premise. But let me just give you a little bit. So monsters scare children because their screams in, uh, actually power, generate power for the world the monsters live in. So here's what happens. So this monster named Sully comes into this uh, room of this little girl named Boo, and she's not scared of him at all. In fact, she follows him back through the door into the monster world. And they discover there that a child's laughter is a hundred times more powerful to generate the power the monster world needs than a child screams. There's a message there. And the message is the fear that Satan wants to keep you in is fueling what he wants to do in your life. But the joy of the Lord is so much more powerful. That, that's, another, that's another sermon. I'll, pre I'll preach that sermon later. So back to this sermon. So what happens is, is they're trying to get Boo back to her room but she's got to go through the right door. There's an antagonist in the story. His name's Randall. He's a freaky looking guy. And, and he wants to keep Boo in the monster world. So he hides her door amidst millions of doors in a door factory. And now Sully and Boo and Mike Mikowski have got to go all through all these doors trying to find the right door. And if that's not a picture of our world, I don't know what is. You spent decades knocking on one door after another door, trying this way, trying that way, when all along there's one door that stands before heaven and earth that everything God has promised you is right inside. Y'all, I haven't preached in two weeks. I'm about to go off on you. Listen, he's the door. Jesus is the door. Now, I, I think it's important that we acknowledge right here because I, I'm talking about all that God has promised and all that God has provided and, and that you go through the door called Jesus and there it is for you. It would be disingenuous of me to tell you that the only thing that's waiting through that door is blessing. In this world, you shall have tribulation. It rains on the just and the unjust. And through that door, there's also suffering. Through that door, Paul said there were times of shipwreck and beatings and imprisonment. But through it all, he said, we're more than conquerors through him that loved, him, uh, loved us and gave himself for us. I'm not telling you that if you step through that door today, you'll never have another problem. I'm telling you, you're going to have someone to walk you through that problem. Someone who promises 
to make all things work together for the good of those that love him and are called according to his purpose. And what doesn't kill you simply makes you stronger. And there's blessing right right beyond this trouble that I'm in today. There's blessing waiting on me. I came to church to tell you, I would rather walk through the door Jesus, even if it leads to suffering with Jesus in this life, than to not walk through that door and be left suffering apart from Jesus for all eternity. I'll take the rain. I'll take the the moments of pain. I'll take whatever's waiting inside there, knowing that God's got my back, knowing that I am made an overcomer through him. And I'll walk through that door into everything that God intends for me. How about you? Number three, here's what you need to know about the door. He's the only way in. He's the only way in. And you need to know that a relationship with him is, is the passage to all that God intends for you. And then lastly, number three, God keeps the door before us constantly. The door is constantly there before us. Listen to Revelation chapter three, verse 20. Jesus said, look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I'll come in. We'll share a meal together as friends. Isn't it ironic that the door knocks on the door? He's not waiting on you to knock on the door. He's not waiting on you to try to find him. Listen, he presents the door to you daily. I need you to understand that God wants you to know him. He doesn't want you to just know about him. He wants you to know him intimately and personally. In Rome and in Paris, you can't walk up and down those streets and not know about him. There is art and architecture dating back for millennia that screams to every passerby, there is a God. And so where all of Western Europe know about him, very few know him. That's not God's will. God doesn't want you merely to know about him. He wants you to know him. And so he knocks on the door. And he knocks on the door. And here he is, right here, right now, doing it again. Knocking on the door of your heart. Asking you to step through the door and have fellowship with him. Can I just be honest with you? A lot of times we use language like this. We say, uh, Oh, I just really want to be close to God. I, I, I just want to, I want to get closer to him. I just want to be closer to God. Can, I, can we get real? Is it okay if we get real? We're as close to God as we want to be. Because he's right there. All you got to do is open the door. How do I do that? Open your Bible and read. Open a dialogue and pray. Open your mouth and sing the song of worship. Open a small group and begin fellowship with his people. Open a conversation with someone that doesn't know him and share your faith. Open your wallet and give to someone who needs a blessing. As you open the door, you can know him as much as you want to know him. You can be as close to him as you want to be. I'm going to ask uh, Teresa. And by the way, don't our presentation operators do an amazing job every week? We just appreciate them so much. Big shout out to all of our folks back in the media booth. They do a great, great job. I'm going to ask her to throw this picture up on the, on the screen. What you're looking there is at a door that I saw this past week. Donna and I saw as we visited the Vatican. Um, I didn't preach for the Pope, but I, we, we went and uh, 
didn't want anybody to think like it was a speaking engagement. But anyway, um, this door is a doorway into St. Peter's. It's called the door of absolution or the door of Jubilee. Because every 25 years, the Pope declares that all that pass through that door will have all their sins absolved. And so they come, Catholics come uh, by the thousands, the tens of thousands, and they fill St. Peter's Square and they wait and they wait and wait to try to get an opportunity to walk through that door so that their sins might be absolved according to Catholic tradition. I stood there looking at that door last week and I said, I don't need to make the trip. I, I, I don't need to come to Rome. I don't need to walk through that door. I've already walked through the real door. 37 years ago, I walked through the real door and my sins were absolved. My sins were forgiven. He took my sin and he cast it as far as the east is from the west, never to be remembered against me again. Though my sins were as scarlet, when I walked through the door, they were made white as snow. Though they were red like crimson, they were made white as wool. When I stepped through the real door, Jesus, he gave me a promise that if any man be in Christ, even Kanye West, Even Kanye. I, 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 I don't know. I, I don't even know what the discussion's about. Do we believe this or don't we? Do we believe that God can still take the vilest sinner and make him? Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. When I say vilest sinner, I'm not talking about Kanye. I'm talking about me. He can still take the worst among us and make us brand new. He can make us right with God. Come on, somebody. We still believe this, don't we? We still believe this. Glory to God. Oh, listen, church. I'm so, 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 so. I'm so thankful to hear that Kanye has stepped through that door. I'm praying for him. I want you to join me in praying for him. What a platform he has. There's already people. That, that are coming to Christ by the thousands around the country because this man is telling them what he experienced when he stepped through the door that's open for you right here, right now, today. Would you step through that door? Would you, would you step into that pasture of provision? All that God has and all that God intends, including the salvation of your soul.